It's Thursday, November 21st, and you know what that means. It's Thanksgiving, and we're here with a special episode because yesterday the Rangers signed a pitching coach, and there's no way that we were going to let Thanksgiving get in the way of talking about this signing. They also brought in a special assistant to the general manager that I think we'll probably talk about a little bit, so I can't wait to bring it to you today on Thanksgiving. It's Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome, everybody, to Texas Rangers with the boys. This is your boy, Kev, YBK, Kevin Frazier. Just welcome, everybody, to the show. Uh, hey, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's Kevin Lee Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And joining me today is my co-host with the most, the man with the plan, the beard that just goes on and on. The 300 pound manimal. If you want to find him on the socials, tell them where they can find you on the socials. Bull, aka Bull. Twitter, it is at Manimal Bull. Instagram, Manimal 300. And remember, I got the Facebook, Bull Pro on Facebook. And if you want to follow my fan page, you can follow the 300 pound manimal. And I got a wrestling promotion, uh, Texas Roughhouse, if you want to follow that too. Um, but <laughs> enough plugs for today. It's Thanksgiving Day. We're, hey. gonna, we're, we're about to eat. We're about oh. to get crazy at the dinner table. And you know, 300, I didn't get the name 300 pound manimal for nothing. So before we get to all the eating, we got to get to the Texas Rangers because the Rangers yesterday, they did something big and they brought on a couple of hands that are probably going to help this thing for a long time in the future. Man. Hey guys, listen, uh, Bull was super excited to do this show. I was feeling tired, you know, feeling a little run down, thinking, thinking, ah, you know what? But he was like, no, I'm excited. We're doing this show. This is a big uh, for the Rangers. So we got to talk about it. And we did have a good, some good uh, discourse after discourse, guys, discourse. We did have that before the show uh, about it. And it, and it really feels like this is probably going to be one of those under the radar things that happen that's going to impact the team as much as a big free or any other big offseason move that the Rangers are going to make. Um, and so I think that's why Bull's so excited. Now I'm excited about it because I think they made some moves that upgraded the team in a way that you might not, you know, might not just be big news splashes, but baseball guys know this kind of stuff and know this is important. And from what I understand, they brought back they brought back a guy that uh, helped us get to the mountaintop, and then they also brought who helped another team get to the mountaintop and go all the way. Uh, so, Bull, why don't you kick us off and tell us who they brought in, and maybe we can just chat a little bit uh, about each guy and, and what you think uh, and what what we think they can actually bring to the Texas Rangers. So, why don't well, you kick us off and tell us? Let's start with with bringing back Mike Maddox. If every wrestler, Ranger fan, uh, almost a wrestler, right? Every Rangers fan remembers 2009 through 2015 when Mike Maddox was here. It's the best era of pitching for the Rangers. I mean, full, almost a, a full point lower than a lot of the years of Team ERA. Um, and, and they went to World Series and the playoffs a lot of times in those years because of it and because of Mike Maddox and, and his ability to 
to to really work with pitching staffs and 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 kind of get that calmness and that reality of what pitchers can be even down here and how he doesn't have to deal with the heat he can just uh, wor- worry about that air conditioning and not have to worry about uh, fighting off that mental toughness for all these cats all instead of wor- and worry just more about pitching and I think that's kind of where the the Rangers um, I. I I don't know. I'm, I'm too excited. I'm talking over myself. Even I just, <laughs> you're, you're I'm glad to have yourself. a guy. Yeah, I'm just glad to have a guy back here who cares about pitching, and it, it makes me think that Chris Young is is putting the ship on the right path for and and between him and Bochi and bringing in guys like, uh, um, uh, oh crap, now I can't even think of his name either. Um, Will uh, Venable well. and. And uh, and I want to say, you know, Roberto Kelly might be a guy that's on the staff now. I mean, those are just yeah. guys that, I mean, they're baseball guys. They've been around successful baseball clubs their entire career. Man, I, I think, again, we, we started this show, our very first episode, talking about pitching. Pitching is like what this team is going to have to have if they're going to take it to the next level and get that banner – in the rafters, or two banners, or three banners, or four banners, I, I'm 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 good with all of it. Bochi, get us four, top top yourself. But if you're gonna get there, you have to have good pitching. And I think it's interesting because we we addressed a couple things about starting pitching and bullpen. And I think these guys actually have a track record of being successful with both. And I think that's something that's really promising to see. And I think it's it's going to be a an exciting time. And anybody that can shave an ERA down in Texas is a huge deal. And I also think with again, you were talking about the the stadium and the heat and the lack thereof. I think that used to be a big deterrent uh, for free agents, especially pitchers. Yeah, I think so. Uh, coming, yeah, coming to Texas, I think they thought it would hurt their career statistics. And I think now you don't have that problem anymore. And I think it could become a very attractive situation right now where you have a head coach who's has a track record of coaching, pitching, and has a track record of developing. Now you have one of the best pitching coaches of the modern era coming to the team and another guy coming to the team that not notoriously but successfully uh, brought on good people and developed people through the farm system. But starting with, Mark, with Mike Maddox, it's just kind of strange to me, and maybe just kind of a, a stirring the pot a little bit here. Just how is Mike Maddox? Does he not want to be a head coach? Uh, how has this guy not actually become a head coach? He he's had some very successful stints as a pitching coach. Well, I think that there were times uh, while he was here with Texas and uh, and post being with uh, the Nationals that he was on a lot of guys' radars for being a head, uh, a, a head guy, a manager. But I don't think that was really – I don't think that's him. I mean, I think he's taking – a lot of the reason he's willing to take the Rangers job or wants to take the Rangers job back is, A, not only the the uh, the the uh, idea of um, these young guys that they have in the farm system, but also it's closer to home. He wants to – I mean, he lives here in, in Dallas, and, and, you know, I mean, if you could sleep in your bed – 62 or 81 nights a year, uh, 81 nights a season, you know, there's, that's a big difference than, than, you know, being on the road 162. 
I, I agree. I think that's really cool that he because again, a lot of people love loved their time in Texas, like players, coaches. You hear it all the time that they love their time here, uh, Lance Lynn. <clears throat> um, so it's really cool to hear that Maddox is coming back. He wants to be here. Probably has a you know to some extent his heart is still kind of in Texas. Um, what do you think, or what do you expect to see? Um, you know him bring to the pitching staff. I know you talked a little bit about the development of the young pitching that's in this farm system. He can't be any more ecstatic about bringing on a great farm system. I mean, coming into a situation where it's basically, you know, the world is his oyster. What do you, what else do you think that Mike Maddox will bring to this pitching staff uh, as it stands? He's going to bring that mental toughness that that's not an excuse anymore. That's not a, that's, it's not okay to, to have, to have days where you're not at your best. Even if your stuff isn't the best, that doesn't mean, you know, like, I mean, just because your stuff isn't the best doesn't mean that you can't go out and compete for four or five, six innings. Um, whereas I, I don't know that, I don't know that Mathis was ever in control of the pitching staff. I just kind of feel like he was just here to kind of do what he wanted to, you know, do what he was told, just kind of like Woodward, you know I mean? Like, I, you know, it, it kind of felt like when they had the, the dual pitching coach and all of that, that they were just kind of like trying something new to be trend setting instead of trying something new because it's going to be something that works. I don't know that, um, you know, I mean, I don't know that Mathis and the other guy even ever really, you know, I don't know how much they work together. I don't know how much they worked with the bullpen, the rotation, but I know that Mike Maddox is going to work with both and that he'll be one of those guys that, that, uh, you know, like brings it, brings the whole piece together instead of like one guy's kind of working with the bullpen hands, one guy's kind of working with the starting pitchers and they're, dealing more with mechanics and stuff like that. And, and, and Mike Maddox will kind of be like the guy that he'll take all that on. And, 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 you know, he's, he's one of those big film guys. So you're going to probably catch him in the film room hundred hours a week with the, with the young guys and getting them right and getting them ready to be in the big leagues. Well, I think about guys like Otto, see Dunning, um, even like some of the guys coming out of the bullpen, like Leclerc, that I just I can't imagine that these guys aren't going to immediately level up once he gets here. Yeah, I, I think so. I, it's I not think... like these guys aren't talented. It just felt like they were yeah. kind of, you know, like well, they were just and... kind of getting through it, but not really like you know, I don't know how to explain it, but it just I can't because we talked. A lot, I'm sorry to just keep rambling here, but we talked a lot about the minor leagues. But we did kind of miss out. We haven't been about the range pitching staff right now. We'll get to that. But it, I just think of these these kids that are already have this big league experience, you know, and have had spots of success almost somewhat seems like by accident. I just think that you're going to see like a ground ball pitcher like Dunning really become a solid ground ball pitcher you know like a guy that really owns that role um, same thing with Reagans I mean it's just these, these are guys that I really feel like are the kind of pitchers that actually Maddox likes to work with um, you know they're not just so. guys they're not just throwers you know 
these are guys that could really develop into pitching pitchers. And I'm also glad that we still have Spencer Howard because I feel like if anybody could get something out of him, I think Maddox might be the guy to do that. If we still have Howard. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think, I, yeah. Oh yeah. He's still there. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's under control. You know how baseball is. They're not, they never go away. They never go away. Um, they like you, you get them forever. <laughs> well, so let's, or, segue, I mean, you know, at least uh, the first six years. Right. Uh, don't get me started. Cause it's really, yeah. that, that really peeves me and frustrates me that these guys at 23, 24, when they're having MVP seasons, uh, don't have the ability to sign 40, $50 million contracts like they do in the NBA. But anyways, moving right along. So tell me, tell us, tell, tell the people about the other, uh, the other gentleman that the Rangers signed. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested to talk about him as well because of where he comes from uh, and what, what kind of, you know, what kind of system he comes from and, and just maybe what he's going to bring to this squad. Well, his his name is Dayton Moore, and he uh, spent the last, I don't know, probably close to 16, 17 years with the Kansas City Royals, and he was their general manager. And they're going to bring him in to be a special assistant to Chris Young, and this is basically the role that John Daniels was in prior to being let go last season. And I got to say, if you're going to replace John Daniels with the guy that's out there right now, this is probably the guy. This is probably the best guy to do it. He won in a small market, and that's hard. He kept players happy, and he was able to salvage some of the free agents and, and keep them around, even though he didn't have a lot of money to play with. And and kept Big Salvi there and kept uh, Alex Gordon there. And those were kind of, you know, moves that that probably wouldn't have normally gotten done if there wasn't uh, uh, some winning going on and, and some keeping some of those guys happy. Well, let's be uh, but, real. Like, they did, they did something in Kansas City that we've never done in Texas. Yeah, they, they, won, a, they won a championship. They kind of take a, took yep. that uh, – that Texas route to it too. I mean, they, they got there, lost one, got there, put themselves in another chance to win one. And then this time they got one. Whereas Texas kind of just, it didn't happen for them. Well, and and just to think that the Royals, and again, like a lot of times talk about like being hamstrung by, by budgets and stuff. Like, I mean, there was a lot of work that had to be done to make a winner with a, a $45, $50 million budget when everybody else is spending $150 million. And I thought from probably 10 years ago, but I remember the, the Royals having, you know, $40 million, $50 million uh, team budgets, you know, team salaries, looking up and seeing the Yankees and the Red Sox having three times that. But yet during that time period, they still found a way to build a winner and, you think about like farm systems and you think about not just like top-notch farm guys, you know, obviously juniors that on everybody's, you know, radar right now, but and you think about guys like Moustakas, you know, the Moustakas of the world 
that, you know, you're just not, you know, these guys that play in the big leagues for a long time and play big time roles on teams. And they come, those are guys that came out of Kansas city that they probably just couldn't afford to keep them. Yeah. Um, Well, and they, they really couldn't. And like, like we were saying, I mean, they, they have to pick and choose really far and wide who they can keep. And, and they did a good job of bringing in good pitching that was at a, at a good price between like, Johnny Cueto and Edinson Volquez and, and some of those guys to kind of keep the rotation strong. And then they had a huge back ends of the bullpen. I mean, uh, Holland yeah. and Miley and, um, or the, I mean, they had a bunch of guys back there that were flamethrowers and getting guys out and, and, you know, had, had big time careers elsewhere afterwards. Well, let's be real. The bullpen was the strength of those Kansas city teams. Yeah, I think Especially so. Especially that world, that World Series team. Like, well, I thought and, the uh, the year before that. I mean, they they the bullpen kept them in positions against the Giants to make that a seven game series, and then also you know put them in a spot to win it at the end. And and I think we talked again something we talked about off air that we a lot of a lot of talk about the Rangers winning or losing these one run games, but there was a there was. A, I would I would text you at least three times a week. It felt like sometimes more. And again, feeling like and what 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 it felt like and maybe what the reality is might be two different things. But as a fan, you know that's that's what matters to you is what it feels like being a fan. You know, well, like what it feels no. like being a fan of your team. And bro, every single week it felt like two or three times a week we'd have a seven run lead and we blow the lead and maybe we didn't lose by one run. But we'd lose and the it, game. And it probably wasn't that many times a week. It probably wasn't two or three times a week. It probably was once every couple of weeks. But still, I, I get what you're saying, and I understand. And, you know, there were times where the bullpen was really good for the Rangers last year. There, And then yep. there were times where it was really bad, and they had guys who had really good years, and they had guys that had really bad years, and then they had guys that you couldn't – if I – I said, "Hey, this guy was sporting a 175 going into July. You'd have laughed at me, right? In right, August, but, you know. Yeah, you're, and you're, you're so talking about was, Santana. Like, what? Uh, well, what Dennis Santana is one of those guys. He was one of those dudes that I mean, he was pretty dependable in the situations they had him in. And then all of a sudden, he was just I mean, couldn't get anybody out to save his life. So I don't know if uh, you know, I don't know if any of that had direct correlation to." To pitching coach slash manager, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, I, you know, he's not going to be on the ball club next year, and a lot of that is probably because of of bad management. So because you so don't want to pay me... him what he's arbitration eligible for, just because I mean he had such a Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde season last year. So so let's like, uh, what? Tell me the name of the guy that we got from Kansas City again. I'm still not familiar with him. Dayton Moore. Dayton Moore. I keep wanting to say Dane Cook. Dane Cook, 30 minutes. Let's go. Dayton Moore. So, all right. Picture for you. Tell me if this doesn't get you excited. We bring in a manager who has been known for developing pitching uh, coming up through the minors, um, coaching top-level pitching in the major leagues, has a championship pedigree, has also had success when you bring in free agent pitchers and integrating them in with the farm system pitching. Now you bring in a pitching coach 
who has been with the club before, who has, has as good of a track record as a pitching coach as there is in all of baseball right now in, in, in Maddox. So you're talking about Bochy and Maddox. And then now you got Dane Cook. You bring him in, and Dane Cook is getting – he's got a history of having young pitchers. I called him Dane Cook on purpose. You talk – okay, is that a – All right, FYI. just making sure. I, you know, yeah, it's okay we to We just went over me. this. Yeah, you can laugh at me if you want. I don't mind. So – but we bring this guy in, and he's – he's has a history of, of a team that won with a strong bullpen, uh, young players – that have come up through the system, knows how to manage money, knows how to manage talent. I mean, how, as I'm talking about it, it's almost surreal to me because well, this then, is what we've wanted for. That, and then on top of that, add on an owner that's given free will to spend as much as they can. Whew. You know, I, I, that's the that's the real problem. I mean. I we've talked about. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on this show, but I mean, when when John Daniels had money to work with, the Texas Rangers were a good team. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, so I'm 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 pretty pumped. There's a lot of things to be excited about with the future. Um, these guys, I think, are going to be major additions. Um, is there any more coaching staff moves? I know there's a couple guys. I know Roberto Kelly was one of them. It got brought and in. Any, any I saw rumors of I, I saw rumors of Roberto Kelly, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that they've brought him in. Um, but I know Will Venables is a guy that they brought in. Will Venables was with Boston last year. He's an old San Diego, played a little bit in Texas. Um, he was here in the 2015 season when they were a playoff team. So, you know, he's been in this town when it's been successful. So that's a another guy that's I think he's going to slide right in. Uh, they're bringing Tony Beasley back to coach for third base. So, you know, I mean, like, I think the, the coaching staff is going to be really good. And I think Mike Maddox is just a guy that really exemplifies uh, how good it can be. And, and again, it's just something to be excited about. And it's something to, uh, um, you know, get, get your head wrapped around for next season that, Mike Maddox is back, and there, there won't be these excuses for the, the pitching staff like there has been for the last several years. Well, of, of with so many years of pessimism, and you know that that I've been the skeptic, uh, I've been the guy that that didn't that was just unhappy uh, with the direction that the Rangers was going, and many times you talked me off the ledge. I can be honest and tell you, I am really excited, truly well, excited about where this team and this organization is going. I think, you know, last year was one of those years where they had to fail because otherwise they wouldn't be in the position they're in right now. I mean, if they would have won 80 games last year, people would have been praising Chris Woodward and we'd still be having our team managed by an iPad. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it just... It kind of takes that. It takes all of it to line up exactly right to get it in the spot that you want to get it in. So, and, uh, and well, I, let's let's take this thing in for a landing. All right, I have a question for you. This is not all right. our question of the day. It can be the question. It is a question. It is a question of the day. I don't have a specific anything, in, but I need to know. What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? 
Oh, it's it's stuffing. Stuffing okay. and it's not even close. So I hear I hear Mama Pro makes a mean stuffing. Well, you're the best. Mama Manimal. Mama Manimal yes. makes a mean stuffing. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Okay, well that sounds some that sounds like something that I might need to experience firsthand uh maybe in twenty twenty three Thanksgiving season. So let's 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 try to figure that it can, out. It can probably be accommodated. Okay. So now my favorite Thanksgiving dish is actually a dessert. And some in some parts of the world or the United States, because I don't know if they even have this in the world, it's called pecan pie. But in my household it's pecan pie. Pecan pie. Yeah, pecan we were, uh, it was, uh, peca- I grew up pecaning it, and then when I moved to Texas, I found out that there was a lot of opportunity to say pecan. <laughs> pecan pie. Pecan. Yeah. So, so that's mine. I can, I can, I can take out a pecan pie, regardless of the size, all by myself. I mean, it, it may take a day or two. But I can literally eat on it for like, like that's all I'm eating. I get up in the morning, pecan pie. There's a pretty Lunch good time, chance I could I could pie. eat a full pumpkin pie in one sitting. <laughs> There's a pretty good pretty good chance we, of that. Maybe we should get that on a video on YouTube. Ooh, on let's YouTube not. I don't want any. People. My, <laughs> you know how it is. I mean, you don't want anybody to know you ate a whole pecan or a pumpkin <laughs> pie in one sitting. It's just something. You know, no one's proud of telling everybody that. You know. <laughs> well, well, I don't. I don't have a, a big question today. I think. I think. Hey, you, you know, know what? I got one. Okay, let's go. I got let's, one let's last. Last year, the Rangers' ERA was uh, their team ERA was four point two two. If you can believe that, it's better than I would have guessed. Yeah, and it's actually the lowest their team ERA has been since the years of Mike Maddox. Wow. Now, in fifteen, he had very little to work with. Fourteen and fifteen. Fourteen, remember, down year, everybody got hurt. Fifteen, he had very little to work with. If you think back on that, 422 is is about the low end of where those teams that Maddox was, those clubs, 422 is probably like a high end number for that. If we go right now and say, what do you think the Rangers team ERA will be this year? Do you think it will be higher or lower than 422? Honestly, I, I believe they're going to go out and get some pitching. Um, and I also believe the guys that we already have are going to develop. And then it, that's us with or without Mike Matt. But you throw him in the mix, I definitely – I would be shocked if that ERA is not below four four two two, and if the Rangers are in the upper half of baseball – Baseball, not just the American League, but baseball in earned run average next year. Again, I'm going to need to, to, for that to really become a reality. We're going to need a little bit of free agency help or, or trade. But I oh. truly believe that the Rangers are going to really try to make a push to have a good pitching staff 
bullpen, starting pitching, front end, back end, all together this year. And if they put the staff together and they stay healthy, man, I definitely think we can beat the four-two-two. Could we break four? I would love that. Would that would just that would that would make my year. Texas Rangers, if you're listening, which you're not, I would buy. I would go out and buy an actual authentic jersey in powder blue if the Rangers ERA finishes under four next year. I uh, I think that the Rangers ERA will definitely be around four next year somewhere, maybe a little below it, maybe a little higher. But, uh, you know, that's also you know, a lot lot changes if Carlos Rondon or Jake DeGrom or somebody like that is, is leading the charge. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, brother, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, eat all the food. Go Cowboys! Let's hope. Uh, let's hope I can fall asleep. At Go Bills! Because the game's already over. Go Bills! We both get our teams on Thanksgiving, so we're pulling for the Bills at the first in the in the one o'clock or the one o'clock Central, two o'clock uh, Eastern. I believe it's actually a twelve thirty, eleven thirty Central start tomorrow. Wow. Okay. Well, all that being said, we're pulling for the Bills first game, pulling for the Cowboys second game. Hopefully by mid game. We can just go to sleep at halftime like we could last week against Minnesota, and they put the Giants to rest. So, Bull, love you, buddy. Wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. Anybody list, all you people, all the people listening to the show, wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bull, go ahead and sign us out like you always do, my man. Hey, thanks for listening again today. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. We're going we're gonna to be back on Friday, which is, well, tomorrow and we're going to maybe talk about that dh position but you never know something fun might happen before we talk to you then and we got it to talk about or we may just talk about how great our thanksgivings were you'll see how we'll see what uh, happens and we'll talk to you then